this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Keller Hodges. Hoping you're having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. So, I'm doing something a little bit different here. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, that's a thing now. So, what I'm going to try to start doing is filming these and then editing it so I can upload onto YouTube. That way I have something consistent coming out on there. Because match day vlogs aren't always the best. I mean, there are a lot of fun to record, but whenever you have a lot of stuff to edit, like I said, I'm only one dude. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, not always the most uh, pressing thing in my mind at all times. But, yeah, let's go ahead and let's talk about this nil-nil draw to the Las Vegas Lights. Um, so... Definitely a lot of frustration, right? There was a lot of frustration last night. And I think the biggest thing that people are talking about and the biggest talking point is people coming in and saying, hey, what's going on, guys? We had, uh, some people saw 17, some people were saying 18 shots, only three on target. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? We're shooting more. We're shooting more. What's going on? We're shooting more. Um, here's the thing. We took more shots. We were really just going in last night. And, you know, it ended up not going in our favor. But, here's something that I want to throw out there. This is still a better team than your one. This is still a much better team than your one. We're still getting better results than your one. And we still made the playoffs. Now, is the dream for a home playoff game dead? Maybe, but not for sure. And I want to point us to another place, which is in USL League, went with the Greenville Triumph. Last year, they had a horrendous start. I mean, awful, awful. And they ended up hosting a playoff match at home. I think it was the... uh, their conference finals, I believe. Um, so it's still possible. I don't think it's time to completely burn everything down yet. But I do want to see some changes here, right? I We were without Bruno last night, which you could very much tell. And there was some other things that happened that I do want to talk about tactically. But I think you could definitely tell our loss of Bruno. And from what I'm gathering is that he was in Brazil this last week. And I don't know if he's in quarantine or if he's in whatever. But he was there. Hold on. Give me one second. Ugh. That was gross. Um, I just sneezed. So if you're watching, you just watch that happen. That's cool. Um... (laughs) (laughs) oh man but so he was in brazil and i don't know if he's having to quarantine afterwards not saying he has covid or anything but you know just goes guidelines and whatnot not positive that's what happened so uh don't act like i'm spreading gospel here um but he was in brazil so that's more than likely why he wasn't in the 18 but so in return we saw zach caravo and mikey lopez play together And I think we got it wrong. And let me start off with one. We went with a 4-3-3. 
Um, we decide to have Anderson in the middle, Mikey on the right, Zach on the left. Now, Zach, the left midfielder, is a really good role for him. It really, really is. My issue came with Mikey. And not saying that Mikey had a bad game, but I do think in the first half he was our wink, our wink, our weak link. Wow. Um, he He was definitely not the strongest part of the team I think going back to a 4-2-3-1 and having him and Anderson play the back line would have worked even better I think that would have been the right move right I think letting Zach go up top play a little bit more attacking I think that's great especially if you allow him to get into like I said that left midfielder or let him get into that central midfield, I think that's a great role for him. But asking Mikey to play the right mid just wasn't a good plan. And we ended up seeing it that he ended up kind of floating towards the middle. He ended up playing just a little bit higher than Zach for the most of the first half, which is all that Mikey played. Mikey was playing more attacking than Zach, allowing Zach to just kind of sit back. Just a little bit more. But even then, it didn't feel like it was. It didn't feel like it was doing much. I feel like us putting in Mikey there, or even playing Zach here. And I think Zach and Mikey have both done enough to prove that they belong in this team. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that I do think that playing both of them, it was probably the wrong move because they are. Not the same. They have different skill sets, but in the in the broad spectrum that is this team, right? The roles that they take up, they are the same player. And I get that they're not the same person. They're not they're not the same stylistically, but where they fit within the squad, they are the same player. And having two of the same players is not always the right thing to do. Personally, I would have liked to see Mikey or Zach get dropped for a Juan Agudelo or an Eddie Horvat. I think at the very beginning of the match, we were obviously missing that out-and-out striker, and people definitely commented on that. I do think that when we saw Juan come on for the second half, and everybody knows I have ripped Juan Agudelo apart um, on this show. Um... And I don't think it was unjust. I think I probably went in a little too hard at times. But I don't think I was off base. But I will give credit where credit's due. It's not like I hate this dude, right? I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. And last night was the first night that I've seen him really care. And he probably has cared, right? He, But to me... I thought this was the first time I've seen him put in a shift where it looked like he was giving it his haul the entire time. If something didn't go right, he didn't put his head down and complain. He didn't whine about it. He just got up, just kept doing the dang thing, which was awesome to see. We also ended up seeing Eddie Horvat getting a little bit of time. And this is where I'm just going to sit here and say it. Eddie Horvat needs to start. Maybe he's not match fit, and we're still trying to get him to to catch up. But Eddie Horvat needs to start. 
he immediately came in, started just sprinting, sprinting towards the ball, winning the ball in less than 10 seconds of being on the pitch. And that's just what his speed does. He was causing havoc in this attacking area. They didn't know what to do with him. I mean, there were obviously we wanted to have a goal, but the moment he came on, you could tell the game had turned and it was going it was going to be a Legion game. I think and okay, I wanted to go ahead and break this down. I put this on Twitter already, so I might link it. Uh, I don't know yet. But there was the play that Prosper smashed the crossbar. Prosper pr- crossbar. That's anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, you end up with a A. I want to talk about the atmosphere. When that happened, that was the loudest I've ever heard a Legion game. Honest to goodness. Last night is the reason we moved to somewhere like Protective. Last night was a wonderful atmosphere. The second half was incredible. And you and who cares and people were like so we gave away thousands of free tickets to to wherever and this is not me calling out one person on twitter because i heard it at the game too it was like well we gave away tickets we gave away tickets i don't care i as far as i care bjcc gets no money and they can screw off and we take all of that sweet sweet monies um and we have a good atmosphere. I do this every week. I could care less, right? But last night was the loudest I've ever heard a Legion game. And when that ball hit the crossbar, that stadium was ready to erupt and go absolutely bonkers. But I want to break down the play a little bit. We see Enzo Martinez on the left side, and we're going to get there, and I want to talk about the left side in a minute. But we have Enzo Martinez, who is on the left side, and he gets the ball and crosses it in. There is a running Eddie Horvat where he could have stopped. He could have collected the ball. He could have laid the ball off to somebody else and had a open shot or even taken a shot himself. He could have done that. What he did was really incredible, right? And beside him onto his right, there's a running one Agudelo where one is commanding all sorts of respect because he's one freaking Agudelo. He pulls two defenders. So with Eddie, he goes for a dummy. If you don't know what a dummy is, basically he acts like he's going to shoot or um, or he is going to, uh, what's the word, control the ball. He is going to have some action on the ball, but he fakes controlling it, letting it go between his legs or letting it go underneath his foot and leaving the ball for somebody else. So him acting like he has a shot, it draws in two defenders onto him, and then one of the defenders is man-marking one, and then so from there you have one defender on Eddie, one defender in no man's land, and one defender straight on to one Agudelo, leaving Prosper Kasim wide open. If, if Eddie had chose to take that ball and try to shoot or try to hold it up, there would have been nobody open because they would have had time to recover. Eddie Horvat's little fake shot that he did got Prosper Kasim wide freaking open. And let me talk about Juan here as well. As soon as he realizes what's happening, he is like, okay, right now Eddie is not trying to get this ball. He is going full into letting it go. 
What he does is really smart. He stays in an onside position. He is reading the fullback who is being played on side because Enzo Martinez, right? He reads the fullback, stays in line with him, and gets squared in front of the keeper. Keeper has no idea where this ball is. He has no clue that this ball is shot by the time it hits the crossbar. And I do want to point this out as well. Romero, the keeper for Las Vegas Lights, has to be one of the nicest uh, opposing keepers I've ever met. Dude is awesome. So Abraham Romero, uh, shout out to you, dude. You're awesome. Um, but that's a little play that was so smart. And when I talked to Eddie recently, which a lot of people really seem to enjoy that interview, um, everybody just kind of talked, he really talked about how communication was the thing he needed to work on the most. He really needed to work on his communication. He said he's kind of a quiet guy on the pitch. He is uh, just kind of a chill dude. And I really, really enjoyed seeing him communicate more. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't doing anything like that. Just simply putting his hands up. He was pointing at things. He was telling people where he wanted the ball and doing stuff like that. It was incredible to watch. <sighs> All right. So let's we talked about the good and let's talk about the bad now. Well, I want to do one more good and that was Matt Van Okel had a killer save in the first half that uh, was absolutely insane. Um just made his body big, got down fast, and saved the ball. It was just incredible. But let's go on to the bad now. And this was basically Las Vegas Lights, just like when John and I talked, they wanted to absorb all the pressure. If there was pressure, they wanted to absorb it. That's just what they do. That's fine. Here's the thing is we ended up seeing we ended up seeing Vegas really compressing into the box playing basically all of their players as far back as they could. Because of that, the only option that Legion had was to play out wide, which is fine because we have players like Johnny Dean. We have guys like Marlon. We have guys like Ryan James. We have guys like Enzo Martinez. They can play out wide, and that's fine. Here's where the issue comes in, right? Is that... We don't like to pass the ball in the air. We saw when we put one on that we were willing to cross the ball in the air. We saw Anderson had a really good cross that nothing ended up happening with, but it, it was a really, really good cross here. Um, I think that we ended up seeing a lot of our deficiencies in this match is that we're not comfortable with passing the ball in the air. We're just not. And whenever you have a team that is willing to compress, they're not going to give you time to pass the ball in the box. I mean, we had our 18 shots, right? But, I mean, we ended up seeing only, I don't know, seven, eight of those in the box, which out of 18 shots, you want to see a little bit more, right? I think what we wanted, we just kept trying to work the ball into the box, work the ball into the box, work the ball into the box, but it wasn't going to work because they were compressing. And when I talked to Enzo Martinez after the match, I asked him, I was like, how do you break down a five-man back line? How do you break down a back line that is so compressed like they were? And he said, you need off-the-ball movement. You need two, three guys moving at all times. I mean, that's something that we saw on just the Prosper goal uh, that I just talked about. You had Eddie Horvat making a run. You have him letting that ball go, 
Juan Aguadillo is running straight to that back post where they're having to respect that, whether it be if another a secondary pass or a deflection, whatever. He's and then those two movements leave Prosper Kasim wide open. You need a lot of off the ball movement, but instead, what we wanted to do was we wanted to bring the ball out wide, specifically to Johnny D and Prosper Kasim. I'll get there in a minute. Um, and you see that they would go out there. And instead of just crossing the ball early, they would try to control the ball, work the ball inside, pass the ball up top, and just see what they could do. Which is great for sustained pressure. That was awesome. I want to see more sustained pressure. My issue comes is that there were a lot of chances where we had them on the back foot, but we wanted to drive the ball in instead, instead of just passing the ball into the box quickly. I hate to say it like this, but this is the USL. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to screw up. People are going to foul somebody. I mean, I'm genuinely asking this. Have we only had the one penalty this year? Maybe we've had two. But we haven't tried to force the mistake much this year. And just passing the ball into the box is going to be doing that. I mean, Juan and Eddie are two mammoth human beings. If... It's going to take a lot to slow them down, and somebody is going to make a mistake, especially a young Las Vegas Lights team. This is going to be the team to make the mistake. And while we did not try to, while we did not try to force the issue in the air, I don't know. I don't get it, especially with Deco Canine not starting. I mean, he's a big dude who wins the ball all the time, but he didn't come in until later into the game, almost 80th minute or so. He ended up, you know, kind of stopping all aerial attacks, but until then, we had wide open range. They, nobody was as big as us. Nobody was as, you know, physical as us, and we just tried to dribble the ball. And I said I was going to mention the play onto the right side. Almost 40% or even more of our attacks came down to those right side where basically they just started sending one, two, three men to go guard Prosper and Johnny. They had no room to do anything. Meanwhile, the left side was wide open with Ryan James and later Jake Roof. We saw Enzo over there just wide freaking open the entire, especially second half. And while we didn't go over there, I don't know. Were, are we specifically trying to get the ball to Johnny and Prosper? Maybe they have the hot hand. They are really good players. But why are they not trying to work that left side? Every time we worked the left side, they were shocked. And they were on the back foot. They didn't know what to do. They, I mean, I genuinely mean that. Every single time that you see that we had the ball on the left side, their defense was trying to figure out what to do because they were so set up to guard the right side. Why we why did we move away from that? Is that something that Coach Sona is saying? Is that something that Kano is saying? Um, is that something that the players are just doing? Because it's the whole, screw it, Johnny is down there somewhere. I don't know. And it was getting really frustrating. Really, really frustrating. And I think something that we could have utilized a little bit more. And this is... I mean, this is just my opinion, obviously. We took a lot of shots from outside the box. and But yet, some of them just kind of felt like uh, we just had an open chance. I think if you're going to start taking shots from outside the box, you need to start doing it a lot more often. 
especially a team like Las Vegas where we were going to control the pace of play for almost that entire match, take more shots from outside because the moment you make a midfielder or a center back step up to try to guard the shot, somebody's going to be open in the box because that's the way you pull them out. And if it says, hey, if they decide, hey, we'll let them shoot from distance, we will let them do that all day long, eventually we're going to put something on target, right? At least that's my opinion. Um, I think this match was showing all of our deficiencies. Enzo had a really good chance on goal where he put a center back on his back which was awesome to watch. Romero puts his paw out to save it at the near post. Um, I I think everybody, including Romero, was shocked that he saved it. Because um, I asked him after the game, like, what do you do in that situation? Do you just get as big as possible? And he was like, I, I don't know. I just, instincts, instincts told me to put my hand there, and I did. Um, obviously, you would have liked to see Enzo go back post as opposed to near post, but I also get it. I'm not telling him. I mean, he's a much better player than I. He doesn't need me to tell him how to football. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is just kind of, we saw a lot of our deficiencies. We saw that working the ball into the box, just dribbling around the box is not going to work all the time. Teams have figured out how to stop that. The, we need to start passing the ball in the air. And I don't mean just long balls over the top, which has its time and place. But to me, it was more about we need to start doing some crosses that are in the air. And I've been saying that all year long. And this is the year that we could have truly utilized it and we didn't. Or this was the game. This was the match we could have truly utilized this. And we just didn't. Um, there is something at the very, very end of this episode I want to address and the calls for sewn out are getting a lot louder. Um, it's I'm still on the boat of don't do that. <laughs> um, a coaching change a in the middle of the season does not work out very often. Um, very rarely does it work out. Um, I think that if we were to make a coaching change, we might start losing some players. I mean, a lot of these players came in not just for Jay Heaps, but for Coach Tommy Soon. And I'd be afraid of losing some of these guys. That said... We need to start seeing some more evolution in Tommy Stone. Uh, Coach, um, you're not listening to this, but if you are, hey, maybe if you're watching the YouTube channel, thank you for subscribing, question mark. Eh, I don't know how to do this YouTube thing yet. (laughs) But what my issue is, is that we see you tinkering with the formation I mean, we went to the four three three today, and I don't think that was the right move. Or yesterday, I don't think that was the right move for this match. We keep tinkering the formation, but we're not solving any of the issues because they come down to stylistic choice. 
And I think the four two three one. if you want to play that game where you keep the ball on the ground, you don't want to cross the ball in the air. And if you do, you only do it at specific points. I think that has its time and place. I think that works well in the four two three one. And if that's the case, if it works well in the four two three one, then why the heck did we get away from it? Why? Give me one good reason. And it's... And it's the whole thing of we're doing the formation that fits our best players or in the players that we want to play. But at some point, you need to start having players that fit your system. And we have those players. We have players that fit the 4-2-3-1. And now that we finally have that, we're not doing it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I think all I'm asking for is consistency in formation and some changes stylistically. They don't need to be drastic. Um, hit the early cross. Don't shoot the ball first. There was a play last night where Juan Agudelo had a one-on-one with the keeper about, mm, I'd say about eight yards away from goal, and his he passed. He tried to collect the ball, dribble, and pass. That is a guy we signed to score goals in his own words wanted to be that number nine that shoots and he is coming in and passing with a wide open goal wide open it was one one on one with the keeper and he didn't even go for goal he just tried to dribble the ball and we have a bunch of great dribblers on this team I mean Marlon might be the best dribbler of the ball in the USL behind maybe Anderson and Cedu we have incredible playmakers but why are we asking guys like Juan Agudelo to do that? And maybe the secret is is that we're not, and Juan has just lost some confidence, and he doesn't want to take the shot and miss, which is very well possible. I mean, there's a reason that Juan is in the USL, and it's not even just recovery of image, right? It's a recovery of the mind. I mean, he is. We are treating this like a rehab stint, but it's a mental rehab. He's trying to get himself right, which is why I was calling him out before. Because when he was on the pitch, it made it looked like he was here just to collect some goals and leave. I think he thought that this was going to be easier than it was, and it's not. It is just not. The USL is so much better than it was when we first got here. Our defense is so much better than when we first got here when we had that insane uh, donut streak or our clean sheet streak, right? Our defense is a lot better now. Our offense is a lot better than that. A lot of our frustrations come from the fact that we have a team that we have seen succeed, 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 and suddenly they're not succeeding at the level at the level that we're used to. So... Legion fans, don't call for everybody's head. Um, just understand that there is a lot of moving pieces going on. Um, if you're someone in the front office, hey, let's have more stuff like what we had this last week. Um, this Las Vegas match was incredible. Um, I've heard really exciting things that are planned for the Memphis 901 match. Um, which I'm not looking forward to that match whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just not. Um, we'll talk about that when it comes to pre-match preview, but um, I'm not excited. <laughs> but 
Anyway, I digress. I've been rambling. This is what you get for recording early in the morning, I suppose. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, oh, I'm going down to Mississippi Brilla. Bria, Brilla, I don't know. Um, this Saturday. So there's going to be a fun away days coming out. Uh, a match day vlog. Uh, and then on Sunday, the next day, I'm going out to FC Birmingham. So come meet me at FC Birmingham. Tickets are $5. Uh, it's a really fun experience down at Lawson Field. I highly recommend it. Everything that people complained about with Protective Stadium, FC Birmingham does right. So I highly recommend getting out to Lawson Field. Come check it out. Come see me down there. Come say hi. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and until next time guys, keep hammering on.